We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks from KCSN, which features three shows each week in Border War, hosted by former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins and Mizzou forward Jarrett Sutton. Ain't No Seats with Ryan Reinhardt, Anthony Bax, and Braden Turner, and Booth Review, covering Jayhawks football with Kent Swanson and weekly special guests. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. Stay up to date on all things KU with KCSN. And now, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks. All right, folks, welcome back. Another episode, Ain't No Seats podcast. As always, before we get going, we got to shout out our folks at Emprise Bank. There's more options to banking now more than ever. Who you work with is more important than how close they are to your home. Emprise has digital banking that meets you where you are, on your phone, on your computer, or even your smartwatch. A trusted partner is at your fingertips. Shout out. Emprise Bank. Um, let's get into it, AB. Uh, tell me if you've heard this before. Just tell me if you heard this before. A Kansas basketball team kind of struggles in January, uh, maybe even early February. The fan base starts to melt down a little bit. You start hearing that, oh, this is going to be one of the worst teams we've had in years. Just don't see it. I just I can't see this team being good. And then they just flip a switch in February and become – um, you know, national title contenders right in front of our eyes. Tell me if you've heard that before. I think you have, right? It, it feels like a tradition unlike any other, as our boy Nance would say. Here we are. We've made it. Like, the the script for every KU basketball season, aside from a few, is playing out pretty much as it always does. You know, we got our January slump. Granted, it was during a one of the maybe the toughest stretch of schedule we've maybe ever played. Um, but we didn't play good during it. Uh, outside of Jalen, he was about, you know, no one else was really playing their their best ball at that point. But now we're in February, and it just feels like everything's starting to click. Everything's coming together. The bench is starting to get production, and it just, like, cracks me up. I don't know why we waste time getting riled up, wound up, stressed prior to February with any Bill Self team because something happens. And it just works. So, big week we just had. We get two road wins at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State. Pretty handily. Uh, when, I mean, Oklahoma State took a little bit of a, a fight. But Oklahoma was pretty much 
just pure domination for the probably the final thirty minutes of the game. Um, I just it's it's a great feeling. I I'm officially back on. I've I've gone on and off. I'm officially back on repeat watch. Uh, I'm not saying we will. We're definitely not the favorites, but it's doable, right? Like, are are we back on that train, AB? I think so, and we'll we'll get into bracketology talk later. But there's like it's going to work out in our favor. Breaking news, it always does. But yeah, just the way they've looked, and like we said it last week. I know you weren't on with us, but you know you beat Texas when Jalen only scores two points, and you're feeling great, and you're like, oh shit. Well, glad it happened now, but that's probably not going to be the way it goes. Like you know, the rest of the year, Jalen was historic for the six game stretch where we weren't very good. And I'm not saying he's been bad recently, but he hasn't been the best player on the team the last couple of weeks, I'd say. Like, it's been Grady last night, just kind of going back and forth between guys, and I think that's how they're going to – yeah. Like, that's how, that's how they're going to advance in March. It can't just be Jalen. People are going to figure that out. And I think people seeing that, especially me the past, what, four or five games, I don't know how you couldn't be confident in some sort of deep run into March. I know, and – as we always say, March is a complete crapshoot. So if we lose to a nine seed or a ten seed, share this clip, whatever. But it just this team's starting to come together. You know, all the things you worry about, bench production, point guard play, you know, not that we were ever that worried about Dewan, but there was a moment where it's like, Okay, why is Dewan not trying to score? He had a really rough January. It's like, what's going on with Dewan? Did it is is he not maybe as good as we thought we he was? And now he's been absolutely phenomenal the last five games or whatever it is. Um, we question the bench. Joe Yesifu's had a great last couple of weeks. <laughs> Ernest Uday, dude was buried on the bench. Like, buried. Couldn't even get out if he tried. And now he's, like, playing significant minutes to the point where there were times last night where I preferred Ernest on the court over KJ just because of the Boone situation. I mean, mm, Boone God. was tough for KJ. <laughs> so it's crazy that, you know, like I kind of started the show with, we we always have these fears, these concerns, and doesn't mean this team's going to roll to a, a even a Big 12 title. Who knows? But, like, the way things always seem to come together and you can go into March knowing that, you know, Upsets possible, but also a freaking national title is possible, and that's what I think is the most fun part about being a KU fan. Every single year, a title's on the table. So I'm loving what we're seeing so far. I mean, in Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, they aren't monsters, but Oklahoma State was arguably the hottest team in the conference. Um, so getting those two wins in this in this conference is huge. But main thing I wanted to talk about from last night is we finally got – Grady Dick's been good, but Grady Dick hasn't had like a scorched earth moment, scorched earth game where he just takes over, which I think KU fans have just been begging to happen, and we finally got it. I mean, the dude, there's something about the way that guy shoots the ball. It just goes in a little more crisp than other people's shots. Yeah, that one he hit at the end of the half was just, it was funny to me. Like you said, it hit the ceiling, it hit the rafters, and then barely hit the net. He comes out out of halftime and he does the same thing from the top of the key and somehow had even less than that. When he's on, like when he's on from beyond the R, really anywhere, it's it's like special to watch. We've had good shooters, but I don't know if I felt as good as I felt last night with Grady shooting the ball. Like when he just gets on that run, it's it's crazy to watch. But like never felt that way with Devontae or Svee really. I guess Svee's senior year. 
Uh, Frank Mason shot 50%, but I was never like super comfortable with him shooting threes. Like no. it, it just, he just, he's truly a shooter and we haven't really had much of that. We've had guys that can shoot, but not guys that are shooters. He just like his, and, it, and I think part of what you're saying has to do with just his, if you like wrote a book or I don't know, made a video about the perfect jump shot, I feel like all his mechanics, everything he does is just the most perfect jumper. Like it's not the, I don't know, like sometimes I get vibes of like a, it, it's like old school almost. Like it's so just kind of perfect and I don't even know how to explain it, but like it's just so salt. There's nothing really wrong with it. He releases it from so high. Um, and he can make it in different, like, you know, he'll have some that I feel like he doesn't put a ton of arc on it, like, depending on the type of shot. And then the, some last night, like we joked, we're hitting the moon. So he's just an incredible shooter. I'm trying to, uh, like, I really want him to go on a stretch where he does. Like, he's had a really good year, but he also has those moments where even games, like three-game stretches where – you don't feel like he he's still putting up points, but it's not because he's making shots. And I really want him to continue. Like, I would just love to see him ride this momentum into Saturday and have, like, another – doesn't have to be 26-point night, but go get go get 18 and have four of them be threes. Like, I just want him to continue to be that, that constant threat from outside because it is so fun having a guy like that. Like, think of all the dudes we've played against in the Big 12 where you're just terrified of him going off for four or five threes a game. We've just, It's happened many times like I love having the guy that every other team is terrified especially when he's like a scrawny you know white guy like we are and his name's Grady Dick yeah his name's Grady Dick and his dad's name's Bart Dick it's the greatest name of all time people forget that name's madness run it back um would so yeah I don't I mean it was awesome to see Grady get going like that he not that he was due but it just felt like that was uh it was a long time coming where he just had, like I said, that scorched earth game. I saw someone say like that should just be Brady Grady Dick's draft tape, like that entire game, because he really did it all. Like he scored I yeah. B turn a few weeks ago asked us if Grady Dick sucks at the rim and we kinda looked up the numbers afterwards and he really hadn't been that good at the rim, but I felt like last night he made a variety of layups. Like the dude's crafty around the okay. rim and like feel like last night was exactly why people think he's going to be a lottery pick yeah i mean he was 10 of 17 from the floor and four of nine from three so what is that six of eight from yeah. like two point range yeah uh, and he was some of them were like high difficulty that he was putting in like it's very impressive. impressive but but last night was and i say this almost every time we have a five star one and none player Every time, every time, and it's like the KU teams, but it's January's not very good, and then there's a game in February. February where you're like, "Oh shit, yeah, this guy's gone next year. Enjoy him for the next month." That might have been last night for Grady. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I mean, because people had you've been seeing the tweets, the message boards, like maybe Grady's back this year. NIL, like, no, that dude NIL can't compete with top thirteen, fifteen pick, and being in the NBA like the dude is he's as we've laid out he's too good of a shooter and he's shown more than that a lot of times this year like he's leaving that's great we knew he'd be here one year um let's just hope we continue to get like I want a few more of those games we saw last night out of him because they're so fun um 
So well, it's, it's different when a guy goes for like thirty points, twenty five points, and it's he's shooting from everywhere. Like that just looks yeah. crisper than a quiet. Oh yeah, he had twenty six, but half of them are free throws and layups yeah. and mid range jumpers. And like his shots last night were like loud. Like the one at the end of the uh, half, like that catches your eye. You're like, holy shit, that dude just shot that thirty feet high. And then right out of the gates, it was funny. I, I mean, the announcement crew, which we can talk about them, but oh, you know, they talked about like that's a that's a play that changes momentum. Like, and it really did. Like Grady came right back out and hit another one, and we really never looked back from that time. We were down what 37 36, he makes that 3 and we pretty much led the rest of the way by probably yeah. 5 plus points almost. Yeah, I don't I think they took the lead again. Maybe they tied it at one point early in the second half, but yeah, no, it was uh it was funny. Yeah. What what are your thoughts on Bryce Thompson? It's just frustrating. I mean, I can't act like I watch Oklahoma State games when they're not playing KU, so I only have like four games to choose from, but it, to me, it's just going off when he plays KU. That, that's the best player humbled up. Like I went and looked at some of his stats last night during the first half, and I was like, dude, it's just really annoying that. And of all guys, he was at KU for one year or zero for two. Yeah, like just one, one year. The weird COVID year. So was he on the COVID team? The the team that played in front of no fans, not the twenty twenty. Oh, okay. I, I got I got him mixed up. Yeah, that seems bad. I got it mixed up with like the um the first year we did this with yeah. Dotson and Grimes and Diedrich. Um yeah, that team stunk too. Yeah. But no, it's just like frustrating to me. Like he he never really had those moments at KU. He might have had a couple good games and it's out every time. And maybe it's just personal to him. But I don't know. He still hasn't beaten us. So at the end of the day, I'm not too worried about it, but I'll say this, happy for the kid, seems to, you know, he went home, it's where he's from, he's from that area or whatever, seems to be doing well. Even though he makes two-point jumpers in our face over and over again, I'm kind of okay that he, like, I think that would drive me insane. Mm -hmm. Like, why does that dude settle for so many mid-range jumpers? I tweeted that last night, like, thank God he's not taking one and a half steps back and making these three-pointers because... It is so fr- – I mean, they were contested too. Like, the dude's a good shooter. It just kind of like – I was sitting there thinking last night, and I, I almost tweeted it, but I didn't want to come off negative because he seems like a good dude. You remember his dad, like, called me that one time about that video. It was a wild, <laughs> wild, wild thing. But like the guys. They're good dudes. But I think he'd drive me crazy as a player, and that's all I could think about last night. It's like this dude settles for more mid-range jumper. I was trying to think of another KU player that settled for more mid-range jumpers. Could David McCormick. Like Bryce, <laughs> Bryce Thompson loves a two long two. The guy loves Wait, it. There were somewhere it was like MJ NBA Finals in Utah. Like He hit one in the first half that was, like, I think if you saw it from the back angle, it would have been identical. Push off dude, and all. If this dude played in like the early 80s, would be an absolute star. Just yeah. like those guys that would just pull up like right at the elbow every time. Beach on the dribble, oh. take a little step back. Yeah. He's he's DeMar DeRozan's favorite player, I can tell you that much. I saw someone tweet a picture. Really? <laughs> they were like Bryce Thompson tonight. Like, uh, I, I'm just very, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, this this is just on DeRozan, actually, but I heard a stat the other day that the big three in, for the Chicago Bulls, no, this has nothing to do with KU, so I don't get too interested in it, but with Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic, they've played like, 
X thousands amount of minutes together and their total plus minus is zero on the dot. Zero. Zero, zero points. And Lonzo Ball, he like sprained his meniscus a year and a half ago and he still can't even walk. So I'm just fired up about basketball right now and I need to feel a little emotion before we talk about it. And that's talking bulls from AB. Thank you for the bulls segment. Of course. Um, Glad they stayed padded. Yeah. Back to, I mean, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on I was just curious your thoughts because. The whole time Bryce Thompson was doing this to us, I was like, you look, it looks really good. He looks really efficient while doing it, but I think he'd drive me insane. He had had 14 points in the first, like, 10 minutes of the game, and he finished with 17. Yeah, yeah. So, interesting. Uh, Yeah, I forgot. He really didn't do much in the second half. The Boone dude's a stud. Tough matchup for us, but, yeah. Can I talk about one other guy on Oklahoma State that I love? John Michael Wright. No, I don't even sound like his first incredible musical artist. Cisse. I'm obsessed with Cisse. Like, personally, I hope, I, I seriously hope that he can develop some sort of offense because he would be unbelievable. Like, NBA Island, unbelievable. I feel like him on defense is insane. Well, I'm not he's really, but it's like Cisse, it's just, it's funny to me because he's on the court. He's clearly a presence and he's blocking shots and he's came off the bench last night, 11 rebounds. Is the touch it's the touchdown low is shocking. It really is. It's like you know, you're making it he's making it too difficult on himself. Like he said like he tell a long arm, just dunk. You you know when you're playing against a team that has a really bad shooter and the guy squares up for a jumper and you're like, Oh good, that's a turnover because he's gonna brick it. Yep. If you say he's like that, but he's in within like three feet. Like if oh, he yeah. turns to shoot a layup, you're like, Good, turnover, ball the other way. Like the guy just clanks. Three and, like, we had Yesifu on him at times, DeWan on him at times, and it was like, he couldn't get anything going. But, uh, no, I just hope for him, because he seems like a uh, fun player to watch, just develop, like, 50% touch, just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He'll get there. But shout out, Boyton. He's got him He's got him cruising, your second favorite coach. Um, good friend. Good dude. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. All right. I don't have much thoughts on Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Pretty, I mean, we we covered the Oklahoma State story. It's Grady Dick. It's it's bench It's the fact that Ernest and Joe are becoming guys you can 100% trust on the court, which is something Bill Self always struggles, it feels like, to let guys like that uh, have the longer lease show. Even though Ernest's fifth foul last night was bananas. What's he doing? You know that Bill had just told him, like, hey, go play smart. Don't foul. First play down this foul on defense, he just jumps in for a steal. I don't care. This is what drives me nuts about college players. It's not always the right call. But it is unca- like you just have to know the refs are going to call fouls, like charges. It's not always the right call, but if you're, yeah, I think KJ did it against OU. If you're running full speed into a player sitting in the middle of the lane, even if that guy does slide, the ref's going to call a charge. Same with Ernest last night. Like if you're reaching around that guy, you're going to get called for a foul. And I have no idea why I'm ranting about this. It's just a thought that came to my head. I cannot stand when players don't factor in more of how bad officiating is. Mm-hmm. James Radbury? I don't I don't get the reference. That's the Eagles corner that held at the end of the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking of... Uh, I thought this was... <laughs> Oklahoma State's 12th man off the bench. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was very off. Um, but yeah, anyways, Ernest... That's the storyline from Oklahoma State. Ernest is, you know, the dude's active. The dude's doing the things you want to see him uh, do. Joe, eight points last night. Just the perfect kind of spark off the bench, is, even though he can be hilarious at times. Um, but really what I want to talk about. There's not a single person on earth more confident that shoots 28% from three to take a three than Joe Yesifer. And he's been, like, hitting some recently, so I don't maybe he hasn't. He, he's at least been playing better recently, so, like, I don't know what his three-point percentage at, was at like a month ago, but no, I saw 28% last night. I swear he went like 12 games without making a shot. Like he'd come in, he'd take two shots, brick them both, be out. Like you knew he was going to start to get it going a little bit, but I'm happy for him because he seems like such a good dude. He tries so hard. He wants to be good. I'm happy that it's starting to come together, and he's – as we always joke about these guys, they're funny. The guys that shoot high volume with absolutely no – they do not remember the last shot. They could have hit the side of the backboard. We joke about it with McCuller. We joke <laughs> about it with Joe. Joe's a little different because Joe is a scorer. But, like, you love those guys. They're going to make you bang your head against the wall occasionally, but they can also go win you a game in March if things are – you know, if, if we're playing against a – 10 seed, a 9 seed, and Dewan Harris rolls his ankle or something. Like, an offense is just struggling. Joe Yesfu can come in and get you 12 points and maybe sneak a win out of the out of the game. We saw it with Remy. You know, Joe's not Remy. People keep wanting to make that comparison. Not going to happen, but it still is similar to have a guy with that type of spark off the bench. So, I love Joe Yesfu. I'm forever entertained by him. He cracks me up. Um, so, what I want to talk about now is... I guess one, Big 12 standings, but two, Saturday, KU Baylor, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, 
it has the feel of like it could be an all-time classic. Like it just has one of those all-time Allen Fieldhouse just banger games that people talk about for a long time, just top 10 teams battling it out for first place, college game day, crowd's going to be absolute bananas. Both teams are kind of peaking right now. Like it's going to be, I'm so excited. I'm very nervous. Like it's also one of those games where I almost think the crowd as juiced as they are. And tell me if this is a dumb comment, but as juiced as the crowd is, it almost feels like a game where both teams are so locked in that the crowd just almost becomes a no factor by the end of it. Like OU KU back in triple overtime. Like the crowd was a big factor, but it felt like at the end, it just was like both teams were balling. It did not matter. Like I, I, that's the vibe I'm getting from KU Baylor. Am I overreacting? Um, maybe a little bit, but I, I wanted to say something and I stopped myself because they're, I mean, Baylor's won at Allen before, but Baylor just feels like one of those teams that it doesn't matter how good they are. They just always kind of stink a little bit at Allen. Like the only time, oh no, it was before COVID. Never mind. But like, the non-COVID year, we beat them by 20, and they went on to win the national championship. Like, there, it just feels like there's been a lot of times where Baylor's top 15, top 10, they come into Allen, and it's just never competitive. And whether it's Scott Drew not letting the team watch the video, whether it's them getting pissed off at officials, whether it's Scott Drew planning on how he's going to congratulate KU after Baylor loses in the second round and KU's going out to warm up, like, right, so something just happens. Yeah, something just happens there with him. Like, he's just one of those guys. So I, I don't know. I'm very confident on Saturday. Okay. And like, and I'm confident. I think we win, but I truly think it's going to be just like a, you know, final possession, fi- like comes down to the final 30 seconds. It sounds you ready? like you're like, Absolutely. are you like 60-40 that KU wins this game? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's fair. I mean, what's the line going to be? I would bet it's uh, what, like two and a half? Ken Palm has four. God, man. Allen Fieldhouse just adds so much to the It's line. not even that. It might go higher because of Allen. Like, he just goes straight numbers. Maybe I'm That's just what's crazy. Like, but to me, Baylor, I feel like Baylor's playing some of the best basketball in the country. And, like, this is it. I don't, I don't disagree. But so was Texas yeah. when they came in. Like, they're just times where we have to remember two things about Bill Self. He doesn't lose at home more than once in a year, and he doesn't really ever get swept by a team. Both of those are going against Baylor this Saturday, and they're playing their best basketball. Like, and I wanted to wait to like spew that out until later with my points on like seeding and like the rest of the year. But this just feels like, and it may be close, it may be competitive. I'm more of like an 85 or 90 percent sure that KU wins this game. Like, I. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm overconfident. Are you like, do you think I'm being crazy, like being this confident in them? I mean, it's historically you would be correct, but also there are just sometimes those games where, like I was trying to say at the beginning, like, I think this is just two really good teams that are just going to go blow for blow and it's going to come down to the final minute. Like, no matter how good the crowd is, we'll have our runs, they'll have their runs. It just feels like that type of game, like uh, I was like the OU games, one that I brought up. I was trying to think of some other examples of like maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe we just always win these games easily, not easily, but like even if we won by four or five on on Saturday, I would be thrilled by that, obviously. But like 
it just I feel like it's a game where it's going to be extremely stressful the the entire game. Um, I think back to like even going way back, like Oklahoma State, Wayne Simeon year, like just two good teams duking it out. Crowd helped, but it just felt like it was two monster teams that it doesn't matter which gym they were playing in, that yeah. game was going to be a one-possession game late in the game. And, like, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Like, I fully intend on standing the final 10 minutes in Allen Fieldhouse sweating the building's going to be so hot it's just going to be classic Allen Fieldhouse where it's going to be chaos but I think Baylor weirdly and this isn't weird but like I respect Baylor a lot more since the national title like Scott Drew is still a cornball but I don't feel like they are just someone that we will just stomp all over and laugh at anymore whereas yeah Three years ago, I would have said that for sure. Like, oh, it's Scott Drew. We'll, we'll kill them. But it's, I don't know. He's still cool. Even, even last year, though. Do you remember what the final score was last year, Alan? Baylor was number four in Ken Palm when they played. What was it? 83 to 59 Hawks. Why do I not remember that game at all? I think it was, uh, he was after, the, like the weekend after the Chiefs lost. And it was like, so does that afternoon. Team, I mean, so that helps your opinion a little bit, but also it kind of makes me think like, if Scott Drew's truly a like an elite guy, which right. I think he's up there, do you really let your team go get absolutely smoked in two big conference games at KU back to back years? Like, have some respect. He just did. He just did. The year before when they won the Natty, KU won it out in 71 58. Well, that. that. That's See, here's what ever. here's what happened. Scott Drew won in Allen Fieldhouse in 2020. I don't know why. Scott Drew won in Allen Fieldhouse in 2020, and that was his like win for this decade. Like people forget how it goes. Dotson was like hurt that game. So yep. did this again the rest of the year. Me and you sat together. We did with Cole yeah. Pete. That's why we lost. Not fun at all. We actually almost stayed home because of the snow. And I wish we would have. But uh. Yeah, so I don't know. I it'll be very interesting. I I don't know why I'm just getting that vibe, that feeling of all-time classic Allen Fieldhouse game. Wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to a bad call um that maybe goes our way. Uh, it's a storyline on Twitter all week. The KU gets all the calls. Um that's just but, sports Twitter now though. Like there's not a game that goes final without people bitching about the refs. Can we talk about Chris Spatola? Oh my god, dude! Is it? Does anyone hate anything more than he plays? Re- he hates replay review. He would bring it up when there was like no reviews. Like, and guess what? We didn't have to watch his TV screen to see it because they called it right away. Dude, it was good. Grief. It's so funny thinking that he's Coach K's son-in-law. I didn't know that until last night. Yeah, and uh, when he's like, they got the goal right on on TV live. In the Duke Virginia game, and then they went to the monitor just to get the call wrong. Like you know, he was extra triggered by that one. Um, very funny to see Duke on the other end of a bad call. Uh, uh, it made me quite happy. Uh, but yes, yeah, Patolo, like I've genuinely, he's just kind of goofy, uh, kind of a funny guy that he always. I've never disliked him. I still really don't. But last night was kind of like a classic example of like careful what you wish for. Because yeah. I've been like a Fran defender. Like I, Fran is annoying. He can be a dork at times. He's just annoying at times. But Fran is very good. He knows the KU program so well. He knows Big 12 basketball so well. 
outside of all the he gets way too involved with the refs, I think. But Spatola had a stretch last night where it was bananas. He thought that he thought what one play on Jalen was a charge, which just wasn't. What are we doing? And then he the next play where the guy blatantly pushes his arm, he's like, that's not a charge. What's going on? He got both calls wrong back to back and ranted before even seeing a replay. And it was hilarious when they showed the replays back. It just proved how wrong he was. And it was just so funny watching KU Twitter explode going out. We're a tough crowd to please. I don't, I, I know you didn't watch this game live last year, but he was on the call for KU Mizzou and Allen. And I specifically remember, like, I was like, what, what are you talking about here? Because I think for whatever reason, like, obviously nowadays everyone wears different shoes. Like, it's not like a team uniform shoe anymore. And he was like, I just wish they'd go back to everyone wears the same shoe and everyone wears the same wristband and everyone wears those. Like, dude, it's KU Missouri for the first time in a decade. Can we shut the fuck know, up and just watch the game? Do you know where he played college basketball at? Uh, I want three guesses. <laughs> West Point. Just a little bit. Oh, is it? Oh, that was just a Coach K guess. Um, Virginia Tech. <laughs> no. Uh, Colgate. No. It was your uh, first guess was good. He played at Army. Well, yeah. Is that like the school? Yeah. It, well, that West Point. It's like that's the town that it's in. They call, some people call it West Point. Some people call it Army. Wow, oh. I'm an idiot. I was going to say that was a great guess. I thought you were going to immediately say Army, but I'm. Well, is is that but, how he got introduced to Coach K's daughter? <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but that's yeah, he played Army from 1998 to 2002, and I promise you, those dudes were all wearing the same shoes and the same yeah. wrist, and probably not allowed to wear wristbands. Like, who wants that in 2020? Whenever that was, 2022, when he was ranting about that. I don't know. Chris Spatola, I'm not willing to dislike you yet, but last night, it was a little much. Well, and it, it's, it's a little much. You answered at it, too. Like, we've been on such a heater with announcers lately, or whether it's yeah. Billis or Fran or I like the CBS crew a lot. I think Jay Wright's, like, really Jay good. Right, yeah. Rapper um, is incredible. Yeah, so it's, like, hard to watch a game with those guys on it and not be excited. Uh, so when you go on a heater like that, and then you get like Chiefs playoff run where they're all awesome announcers except for Romo, and then you get to a guy like Spatola, like you get the ESPN D team, it, you know they're they're down there for it's, a reason. It's tough, but all right, let's let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk Big Twelve outlook and a little bracketology. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right. AB, we, I mean, we we talked Baylor. We've got differing, not that, I think we both agree we're going to win. I just think it's going to take a lot more out of us. Um, I think it's going to be a thriller. You think Scott Drew rolls over as as almost always. So we'll see. Um, now tell me this. We've got what? Two weeks left in the season. Yep, five games ish. So you joke. We joke about Scott Drew, Baylor, Texas. You know they lose to Texas Tech. I feel I I feel really good about the Hawks winning the Big Twelve. Maybe not outright. You know a lot could happen. We've still got two really tough road games. 
Um, but I'm starting to feel really good. It just, as I joked at the beginning of the show where the script plays out in KU's favor, it feels like that's happening. It feels like mm-hmm. we had to get these two road wins. We've got a home game on Saturday. And I'm not counting Bill Self out to go win at TCU because, like you said, the dude doesn't get swept very often. So it's like I'm starting to get very, very confident that we can feel pretty good about winning a Big 12 title. I would love to win it outright. That's not crazy either with the schedule some of these teams have left. Uh, Where are you at on the whole conference? Uh, I think they'll get a share at least just because I think they can, you know, win at home. Um, And they've got two home games with a couple – Pretty bad teams, I would say. Uh, no matter how much computers love Westfall, but two no, I think winnable home games on the schedule, like all yeah. conference here, I would say, yeah. Yep. But um, I, I would say the coolest thing to me is that it's pretty much a three horse race at this point, right? Like Baylor, Texas, KU. So the three of those teams, they all play each other one more time. So two games for each of them against the other two, and. Only one of them's at home and one of them's on the road. So Baylor comes to Lawrence, KU goes to Austin, and Texas goes to Waco. So it's like, it's, it's about as even as you can ask for. I don't know if anyone wins it outright because I think the most likely outcome is all three home teams win. Yeah. So everyone gets another loss, everyone gets another win, and then whatever happens, those other three games happens. But now I don't have so, Baylor's schedule pulled up or Texas' schedule pulled up. I don't know what else they have. So here's what Baylor's got now. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, this was sounded a lot more daunting, but they've got to go to KU and then they got to go to K State. Who two weeks ago that would have sounded miserable, but um, an old man that I know named Tony Bax predicted that the Cats would absolutely, um, you know, choke down their leg or whatever the rest of the season. It's been a disaster. You, you predicted they wouldn't win a single game in February. I don't. I, I believe and it was conference they game. Won one. They won one in conference. Mike Miles was hurt. People forget that. Maybe they would have lost more. I don't know. But point is, Baylor at K-State, not near as hard as it felt like that game would be. So to me, Baylor's next two games are maybe their two hardest games. Now Texas then goes to Baylor on February 25th, but I feel pretty confident Baylor handles them at home. So to me... Uh, I don't know, because then Baylor... I mean, God, Baylor... The Big 12 is just so absurd. You look at the schedule and it's like, ah, at Oklahoma State, that's an easy game. But it's like, no, it's not. Like, Oklahoma State just won at Iowa State. And Oklahoma State is still really good. Baylor's still got to go two there. And then they finish with Iowa State at Baylor. So, like, Baylor's schedule is KU, at KU, at K-State, Texas at home, at Oklahoma State, and Iowa State coming to Baylor. Like, that's probably two losses on there. I was going to say the same. Too low. I don't know if it's KU and K-State or KU and Baylor or KU and Oklahoma State. Feels like it would take a really impressive run to only lose one game out of that stretch. Mm-hmm. So, that's Baylor. Now, let's and go to Texas. Texas has OU at home. It's probably a win. They stink. Yeah. They are bad. <laughs> yeah, except for, I mean, I, yeah, I can't believe they won. K-State. <laughs> Hate to see it. Uh, then they get Iowa State at home. At Baylor, at TCU, and KU at home to finish the year. So, like, regardless, everyone's got a gauntlet. But to me, and this is why, do we want to get into bracketology now? Tied into conference? Sure. sure. Don't let KU finish the year four, like, finish the 
last five games, four and one, and then win in Kansas City because they're going to be the number one overall seed. I love it. I'm dead serious. I love it. I love it. Let me go through this. Very possible. And this is why I genuinely think it's going to happen. They're beating Baylor on Saturday. Home wins. They don't get swept. They're beating TCU next week. They don't get swept. Westpa and Allen. Sorry. Sorry, Huggy. Probably get tossed eight minutes into the game like last year in Kansas City. Uh, Texas Tech at home, they stink. And at Texas. I'm giving them one loss in those five games. Go to Kansas City and win. So all of these games except Texas Tech at home is a quad one win. If they do what I just said, that's seven and one. Add seven, no, six or seven quad one wins to the 12 they already have. Yeah. They're already three up on everybody else. How many up are they going to be on everyone if they finish the year seven and one? Like they might have two or three more losses than Houston or Bama or Purdue. No one is coming close to that resume they put together. Can you imagine, too, the storylines? Defending champs, number one overall seed the next year. They play in Des Moines and Kansas City. I'm telling you. It's terrifying. That's as much pressure as you can possibly put on a defending champ, but it's like that's, that's why you come to Kansas is to just be the ultimate Big dog, the team that everyone's like, God, Kansas is there again. Uh, it's doable because I was going to say the same thing. Like, TCU embarrassed us. Like, they didn't just beat us. Yeah. They embarrassed us. And if there's any game where Bill Self's going to go get revenge, give a big fist pump late in the game, it feels like it's a TCU game at, at TCU. Like, it just feels like a game we can go in and steal. Texas, even if, and like you said, we can lose the Texas and still be there. Now, winning the Big 12 tournament, out of all the things we just said, four and one, as hard as that sound, winning the Big 12 tournament might be the hardest thing we just mentioned. Right. Like, that is going to be a war. But then um, again, if they go 5-0 and oh and then losing the championship of the Big 12, it's, to me, the same yeah. thing. What if they go, so what, let's say they go four and one and lose in the semis of the Big 12 tournament. Are they a one seed? Like, I'm more concerned about one seed. Um, the number one overall, like, like, I, I wish I was with you on that one, but I'm just because it's not going to be KC if we don't hop. Purdue would go to Louisville given the choice. Bama would go to Louisville given the choice. But if they're both ahead of us and Houston's ahead of us, like they're going to put all three of those teams in Kansas City if that's the next slot. So we'd be like, and that's a conversation we've had all year. Do you want the two seed in the Midwest or do you want the one seed in Las Vegas or New York? I want the two seed in the Midwest. Right. Yeah. So that's what scares me about being like the fourth one seed or the third one seed and having to go half a country away when we could drive 40 minutes and be fine. Oh, I don't know. It's just so daunt. I mean, to finish this stretch seven and one sounds insane. And if we do do that, we are the number one overall seed and we're like the favorite. Like I would bet we're the odds on favorites almost to win the title by that point. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, maybe Houston, Ken Palm wise. And, and I wish Vegas I could be wise and like no to win the national title. Like they only give you the yes and it's what, like plus 600 or something. Yeah. I'd pay minus a thousand. I know it's insane to say, but they're not winning the title. I'm sorry. It's wild. I don't know. It's, I'm just, this is why being a KU fan is so fun. Here we are, fresh off a of natty, fresh off a, a team that, you know, it didn't feel like we were going to be like a t- contender to win it all. And like now we're talking number one overall seat talk, which we're a little ahead of ourselves. We still got to go like win some wildly impressive games. But our resume is outrageous. Like it will, even if we, 
Like it's gonna kind of bother me when when Houston is overvalued. Like if we go if we go four and or three and two to end the conference and then win the Big Twelve tournament, our resume is so much better than Houston's at that point. I don't even care that they have two losses. Look at I mean, I don't know. It I get at a certain point racking up losses has to hurt you, but like, God man. Our the two games we played last week, which was a are like our last two games were some of our e- our easiest stretch of the year, and it was two road games against teams that like would beat what seventy percent of Houston's league. Yeah, at least, and like <laughs> Oklahoma State is the place that Bill struggles the most statistically, right? He's got yeah. more losses there than anywhere else. And it's probably not. I shouldn't probably be going after Houston because they are good, whatever. But it's just so frustrating when we've seen it with Gonzaga for years, and I'm a Gonzaga defender, but like it is a little annoying when teams just get an auto number one overall seed because they played nobody for mm-hmm. months. And it normally comes back to haunt them, and we'll see. But um, I don't know. Houston just what? What do you make of that face for? Breaking news. Well, I went to look at like national championship futures. And then I just saw the final, or the uh, conference winner tab. So I went over just to see what the Big 12 was. Try to take a guess at what KU, Baylor, and Texas are. Because I, I would thought they would be pretty even. I would bet KU is now plus 170. So Texas is 3-1. to one. Baylor is plus 225. The Hawks are minus 110. What? The Hawks are a what? straight bet away from winning the fucking Big 12. Minus 110? Yeah. I guess it makes sense, though, because like we just went through the schedule and every, all the logic and history playing out, we're going to finish 4-1 and one, or 5-0. and oh. I don't know if they're winning at Texas, but like, there's significant reason to believe, just based on who Bill Self is and what this KU program is, that they're going to win these next two games, just based on history. And then they're not losing to West Bot or Tech at home. So, like, that also, I would love to see like one seed odds and stuff. Yeah, I was looking for that. But I would think so. You want to hear what you want to know what's wild? Remember that parlay I have that uh, oh. I, I bet 50 on Dude. KU, KU, Purdue, Virginia, Houston, and Gonzaga to win their conference. Guess which team's going to cost me the parlay? Gonzaga. Really? Yeah. Actually, oh, wait, I forgot I also have Dayton, A-10, and Dayton. Uh, are they bad? No, they're fine. They're tied. I think they're tied for first. But, like, Gonzaga, I just threw on the end of the parlay thinking, okay, we'll, we'll increase the odds a little bit. Like, It feels like free money. When was the last time they lost one? Is this going to end a streak for them? It's been a while, which everyone thought they would break our streak. So maybe uh, maybe this should good, be rude. But, like, it, yeah. They, uh, God, I've been trying to talk myself. I mean, we, St. Mary still has to go to Gonzaga, so they could tie for the league, but then it comes down to tiebreaker, and to win the bet, the team's got to get the one seed in the tournament. I have no idea how that, but I feel like St. Mary's, I don't, I'd have to look up all the tiebreakers, but like, I just, I thought Gonzaga was an auto, auto win. They're always an auto it, win. Am I crazy? Didn't they, I feel like there's a weird story that came out about, came out about the West Coast Conference that they're going to, like, start using analytical websites to determine stuff? Am I crazy on that? No. I mean, they already have, like, the triple buy for, like, the one and the two seats. That's bad for me because it's very bad Mary's, like, everyone loves St. Mary's analytically. St. Mary's low-key ranked higher than KU and Ken right now. 
God, happened yeah, for a while. So that's brutal. Um, funny. Trivia time. Do you know who's in first place in the ACC? Mine. Maybe for like five more minutes until. Yeah, Virginia is it Miami so. or Clemson? Neither. What? Virginia's about to be tied. It's but... not Miami, Clemson, or NC State? I don't know. No. Jeff Capel, baby. The Pitt Panther. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about, see, that guy well, probably three. Like, I am that Duke job. Like, let me know when you're sick of John Shire because I'm scared. Sean over, baby. Just kidding. How about Coach K? I will not attend a Duke game all year. Get what he did. Yeah. Coach K. Yep. Um, can we just laugh at the other Blue Bloods just for this year? Carolina, they haven't won a quad one game. Zero quad one wins. How does that happen? This is a classic example of like when guys decide to go pro, don't yell at them. Don't be mad at them because you can really make a bad decision by it. Now, I'm sure they've killed it from NIL, so... You know, it's fine, but like Caleb Love's stock was never getting higher than it was after mm-hmm. he made that shot in Duke's face in the Final Four. Armando Baycott's stock, now I don't really see him being a huge force in the league ever, but like stock wasn't going to get much better than it did through that tournament run. Those guys coming back was cool. I get it, but like, yikes. This has been as poorly as it could have possibly gone. It's like they forgot how the whole season went. And people were hinting at it for, like, months leading into the season. They were a very average team. They got very, very, very hot at the right time, and that works sometimes, but it's not consistent. Eight seeds don't make the championship game every year. They might not even make the tournament, dude. dude them in Kentucky, them in Kentucky. Were, they, were they one and two preseason? Uh, I think maybe Gonzaga was two and Kentucky was three, but maybe. Either way. Well. They were the both. Fact that they're, for sure. the fact that neither of them may make the tournament. Both of them might not make the tournament. It's pretty crazy. Dude, in Kentucky, like, they just stink. Like, North Carolina, I don't know why. I still, maybe I'm just still scarred. I was terrified of them last year in the Final Four. Like, they were electric at moments. So, like, I still have this, like, wonder, like, is it LeBron uh, just kind of not give a shit about the regular season and turn it on? Now, it's so absurd to compare UNC to them. I just think they're not that well coached, and I think they peaked like we thought. But, like, I still have this sense of, like, can North Carolina maybe just flip the switch, get a 9 seed, get a 10 seed, and be really good, make a Sweet 16? I don't know. I don't – I can't see it with Kentucky. That team – Kentucky doesn't have it. I'm trying to find no. their Ken Palm right now just to see what they are. They um, are miserable to watch offensively. Yeah, Duke, Carolina, and Kentucky are all on, like, the – upper 30s lower 40s it's nuts which it's crazy did you see that graphic the other day that said wisconsin was a blue blood oh my god oh also also one thing that i heard on uh parish in norland earlier today you remember all the talk last year about how villanova's a blue blood and people got super pissed off about it you know who's got zero slack for stinking this year villa fucking nova they're horrible (laughs) Yeah, people will talk shit on Duke. People will talk shit on Kentucky. People will talk shit on Carolina. I haven't heard a thing. I didn't even know Villanova was bad. You want to know the reoccurring theme with all those blue bloods that me and you have roasted? Neither, none of them, North Carolina, Duke, Villanova, conducted a coaching search. Nope, none of them. They just handpicked dudes 
Villanova's was even crazier. The dude was at like Fordham. That one was crazy. The Duke one you get, whatever. Handed to the guy, Coach K, handpicks, whatever. North Carolina, they could have gone out and got Wes Miller. Now, I don't know how good Wes Miller's been, but he seems like a stud. They could have gone out, probably got like Nate Oates or something. I don't know. But it is nuts to think three Blue Bloods, if you want to call Villanova Blue Blood, which them losing their best coach ever and immediately becoming irrelevant would tell me they're not a Blue Blood. Um, but whatever. Villanova, I'll, I'll let it slide. Three titles in 40 years. you know. Yeah. To not conduct coaching searches, and now it seems to be, no, Carolina fans would say, we just made the national championship. But, like, if you watch North Carolina two, these last two seasons and you think Hubert Davis is, like, an elite coach, you're crazy. Like, the dude is not uh, – he's solid, great guy, would love to play for him. He's not He's not Roy Williams. He's not Bill Self. He, he's not a blue-blood coach from what I've seen. Maybe he gets better. I don't know. And I don't know. It's And John Shire, we'll see. I think John Shire, I think Duke – has a chance to continue to just be a well-oiled machine. Their recruiting class is insane. But it is wild to think how different the last 12 months has been, just how much K- how everything's gone right for KU and everything's gone horrible for those other teams. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. I mean, I, I like it because right now, I mean, I don't know how someone could say KU's not the best program in the country, no? No, I mean consistently great, and we we would make that argument before the title last year. But I think that kind of cements it as like almost fact at this point. They're never bad. Like they don't have these years that Duke's having or Kentucky's having. I don't. I've never seen KU on the bubble. Like think about it. Like we we never tune into Lenardi's ESPN bracketology or Super Celtic twenty four and wonder if KU's going to be in the field. Think about how bad 2019 was, and we are and now we're idiots, but like we convinced ourselves by getting in the Midwest that we were going to make a Final Four. We were horrible, and we were a four yeah. seed. Like we weren't even that far off. Yeah, the five seed ended up going. Yeah, yeah. Well, they smoked us a thousand. What? Um, so yeah, it's it's wild, and but I, I it's, it, the thing about best program is like I think we maybe all would have agreed that Villanova was actually the best current program going into the Final Four last year. Mm-hmm. Like I think we all would have been saying Jay Wright might be the best coach, Villanova might be the best program, and it's crazy that game just flipped everything. Jay Wright retires. He probably would have anyways, but I like to believe that we we woof his ass so much he decided to retire. Um, I don't know. It feels good, and it's going to suck when this all comes back. You know, like at some point, I tweeted this last night, like the 20-year, and I brought this up on the pod before, but the last 20 years, we will not see a more consistent stretch of winning ever. We may win more championships. We may find a way to win three titles in 20 years, but I promise you those 20 years are going to have a 9, 10, 11 seed type year or an NIT type year. We will not have another 20-year stretch in our lifetime where we are just this consistently good every year. It's nuts. I love it. Can I make a cross-sport hypothetical question here for you to answer? Yes. yes. Which team wins the championship again next, KU or uh, the Chiefs? The Chiefs. It's so hard to win national titles. It's not exactly easy to win Super Bowls. But the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and they've won two in four years. It has to be Chiefs. There's just it has less. to be, but what if KU just fucking wins one in two months? 
Yeah, true. Like, that's not out of the picture. I just, I mean, we've seen the, the NCAA tournament. You can have some incredible teams and yeah. not even make a Sweet 16. Whereas, like, if Mahomes just keeps being Mahomes and you keep, I mean, Kelsey obviously is not going to be there forever. Like, he's, what, 34? How old is Kelsey? 33, 34. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. But to me, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you're knocking on the door every year. Now, we're knocking on the door, too. I just feel like our door has a lot more things behind it that keep shutting it in our face. Like, Bill Self was so close to, once again, not winning a natty last year against a, an eight seed, nine seed that stinks this year. Like, that's how crazy the tournament is. So, I don't know. I think Mahomes is going to win, like, Another one in the next like three years. So like over under on Mahomes four and a half. Is that too low? That's that's the thing though. Like it's easy to say now when we have these same talks when they won it last time and made the next one. Like right now it feels like he's gonna win a ton. The AFC quarterbacks, man, are so stupid. So oh, stupid. He's just like so the best four quarterbacks in the league might be in the AFC divisional round every year. But he's just like so if, if Lawrence is who he is and then Herbert too, it's insane. It is crazy, but... Switch up the conferences yeah, or some shit. It's so annoying that it's Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott in the NFC and then the AFC. Yeah, but you can't be worried about Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, if that... Burrow, they, it's going to be Burrow, but Cincinnati... Right. You know, they've, I feel like, damn near peaked. Um, people forget Bills, that. People forget that the Jags get Calvin Ridley back in a few months. The game Back team. as if they ever had him, but, like... Their offense is pretty fucking sick. Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting... I mean, I, I I, would love to see, like, Vegas odds on who wins the title next. It would be Chiefs by a mile, I think. Yeah. Um, but we are... But, like, we we just spent way. five minutes... AU potentially being a one seed, the NCAA right. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's fun. People forget. It's fun to be a KU and Chiefs fan right now. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Uh, it's a time. All right. That's all I got. You got anything else? No. Uh, I just, I would like to say this on the air, too. Um, y- you just hate to see KU or uh, K-State basketball turn into KU football. Like, it, it really is sad after all we heard in November and December. Oh, we told you you guys suck. Um, you know, it really does suck to lose to the, like, 58th team in Ken Palm and the 71st team in Ken Palm within four days of each other by double digits both times, it felt like, so. You do hate to see it. I hope things get better. Uh, the bright side, you may not have to worry about Tang to Texas or Tang to Kentucky because no one's calling them now. So um, I, I saw a little on a P8 meltdown. People were starting to question old Tang pretty early. Oh, wow. I think it was to be fair. Well, that compared him to Bruce Weber. To be was fair. K-State fan. You let Andy Reid run a stupid-ass play on third and goal from the three-yard line, and old Chiefs Twitter wants him fired. So, like, it happens to the best of us. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to say. What the fuck did I want to say? Was it K-State related? Might have been. What seed are, are they going to be a 10 seed? 9 seed? 8 seed? Like, they were like a 2 seed the other day. Yeah, dude, they were all just like, like Paul like three weeks ago. It was nuts. I don't know I'm, why. I'm going to go look. 10 seed's pretty crazy, but they yeah. could easily be a 9 seed, 8 seed, 7 seed. Oh, I, of course. Mizzou lost by 33 points yesterday to an unranked team. That was the other part. Hate to see that. Uh, oh, a lot of things you hate to see this week. I remember what I was going to say. Has there ever been a better, like, 12-month sports span for a region, essentially? Like, when you put in Chiefs Super Bowl, 
KU national championship. K State football wins the Big Twelve. Go to the Sugar Bowl. Like KU football comes out of nowhere. K State basketball kind of comes out of nowhere. Like it's think about if you are, if you're just like a fan on the East Coast, you're sitting there like trying to think of a an area that hasn't won anything in a long time. East Coast, West Coast. I don't know. You're sitting there like, damn, man. You know how fun it would be to be a KU fan and their Chiefs fans? Like, damn. that Like, they're so jealous of us. And I remember being, like, wildly jealous of, like, Boston fans when they were just, like, Celtics, Patriots. Like, it was like, God, that would be so incredible. Mm-hmm. We're living it. We're living it. It's great. I tell you what. Um, yeah. So, this this was his, Lenardi's bracket before the games last night. So, it doesn't take into effect in case they lost. But they were a three-seed in the West. So, I mean, they're way off. Are they going to drop below like a six or a seven? I, I don't know. I guess I'm just assuming they win, lose like three more games plus the loss in the Big 12 tournament. So, but I don't know. I mean, little, they have a lot of good wins too and opportunities to boost it. It's just, I mean, but like, God, if they finish, if they finish nine and nine or 10 and eight, that's very possible, and you given that team yeah. a three or four seed, I don't know, but no, we'll see. Big Twelve so crazy. It's going to be interesting to see how they seed the Big Twelve because of how absurd the conference is. So, all right, well, you hate to see it. Go Cats. Um, mm-hmm. Go Hawks. The Hawks are are very much cooking. Big one Saturday. Uh, Scott Drew's fun to beat. I look forward to it if we do. So uh, that's it. Thank you as always for listening. Rock Chalk. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.